This podcast has bad words in it. You have been warned. I'm Zach Bohannon. I make my living telling stories, but I'm also a metalhead, retired drummer, avid gamer, and most importantly, a loving husband and father. Join me each week as I sit down with a fellow dad and discuss balancing a creative life with family, careers, hobbies, and all the other things guys love. This is the Creator Dad Podcast. Dude, Carlos, what's up, dude? Hey, brother. How you doing? I'm good. I can't really complain. It feels like... uh... We need to get on to Robert, man, because we we need to uh, we the three of us need to get together for our, our what's supposed to be a monthly lunch and has turned into like every three months or so. It seems. Well, I think I think Robert and I last time it was just the two of us, and you. And I know, you know <laughs> dude. He's not here though. Let's blame him. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's he's the uh, he's the devil in this one. No, it's no, it's, it's totally been my fault the last couple of times. So, uh, you know, I, I will totally admit that Wednesdays are weird for me because like, which is our day on one hand, it's like the perfect day for me to go out and do to like have a, a lunch meeting like that. But on the other hand, I only get two long days per week, which are Wednesday and Friday. Cause those are the two days my wife's off. And the other days I have to go pick up my daughter from school. So I have to be done by like really two o'clock. So like on Wednesdays, I usually book lost. I don't know. I, I end up overbooking them. It seems like so. I, I do. I, I do the same thing. I, you know, I, we, we drive our kids to and from school. So it's, it's one or the other. And then we, we team up with another parent that's in the neighborhood. And, and some of those days I, you know, it's like, I like blocking off that 11 to one, you know, yeah. 11 to one is like my meetings, my, my interviews, my podcast, that sort of thing. And the rest of the time, you know, morning is me time. Uh, middle of the day is is work work time and then afternoon is usually picking up the kids or taking them to sports or whatever the heck else is going on that day yeah you it's kind of similar to me like um and and we'll get into i I was going to ask you about what your day-to-day looks like and stuff and but uh i'm kind of similar where you know i have the the morning for me i have a three-hour block that's just for writing so like that's when i'm putting in words or if i'm where if i'm doing edits for a book i'll i'll whatever I'm working on in my current project, like those first three hours are reserved for that. And then I have a break where I, you know, will do lunch and I'll go out and, you know, try to do some form exercise or something like I have like a two hour break. That's just for me. And then, and then after that is when I try to do stuff like this and do admin work and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I love working in those time blocks like that. Yeah, me, me too. Well, and I found like, I need that because when, when everything gets really squirrely, I fent, I tend to go back on what I know. And like, for me, it's, it's waking up, you know, getting the kids ready, getting them off to school, coming back. Like the thing that that's like non-negotiable when I'm at home is, you know, meditate for 20 minutes in the morning. I go straight to the gym. Um, if I'm in the middle of writing, then I, I dictate on the treadmill so that I start my day that way. You know, I get my work work done and then I work out. Like I work out every single day now and that wasn't me even a year ago but it just for me I just I feel so much better and then when I get into meetings and that sort of thing it's like I got the real work behind me because when I'm writing a book that's that's the most important thing you know the work on me is is done and then I can the the way I like to look at it is is then the the focus shifts to everybody else right whether it's you know a, a podcast like this or going out to lunch then I can be completely focused 
because man, I, I don't know about you, but you've got a lot of stuff going on like I do. And those days where I feel like I'm being pulled a hundred different ways and I can't focus on the conversation that I'm having, I don't like doing that to people. I think no. like I'm not showing up at that point, right? Like I want to be present. Yeah, no, it's so funny. Like, so I think back to my old job that I was at before I went full-time doing this. And I remember uh, there was a turning point conversation I had where I knew I needed to get out of there and it was a good job. And I, I liked the people I work with and stuff, but like, I remember my boss coming to me one day and he was, he, he basically, we had had some other stuff go on, but then I remember him saying, Oh, by the way, I don't want you. I, I don't, he didn't say, I don't want you. He said, I don't think it's a good idea for you to write work on your book business before you come into work. He was like, I think you need to come in really focused and all that. And I was like, well, hold on. I was like, and he, he wasn't like a creative per, like a, a creator, you know, yeah. not a creative person at all. And I told him, I was like, uh, look, dude, like, I don't think you understand that if I don't do that stuff in the morning before I come to work, it's all I'm going to think about. And I'm yep. not going to be able to focus on this job. I was like, so me waking up at 4 a.m. and getting words in and working on my book business is what is allowing me to come into this job and do. And so I don't know what it was. I don't know if he was just like, I don't know. It, it's whatever. But that was like a turning point conversation for me where I was like, okay, I really have to start thinking about my exit plan here. But but that's great, right? Like imagine if that conversation had never happened, yeah. would you have either postponed the decision or stayed, right? And then your life would be completely different. It's those uncomfortable things. Like a couple of years ago, I realized that the more uncomfortable I make myself in, in whether it's conversations or situations, you know, putting myself on stage, those are the moments that I really grew the most instead of avoiding them, right? Like, like I was not made, when I was a kid, I hated being up on stage, but I forced myself to do that enough times, you know, whether it's through networking groups or events or interviews where I feel better about it. Now, could I go up there and sing a song? Hell no. I don't know how you musicians do that, right? Get up there and perform and do your thing. I, I can't do that, but I can get up there. And especially if it's, if it's an honest conversation, like I'm not going to be the guy to get up there and give a speech, but if it's, if it's a give and take between uh, you know, me and the audience. And again, sometimes you, I guess you can consider that a speech, but if it's a conversation, it's so much easier. But if I hadn't put myself in all those uncomfortable situations along the way, sometimes kicking and screaming, it, you know, inside, I'm like, I want to, I want to run away and I want to go hide in a hole, but we got to do that. So the fact that your, <laughs> your boss <laughs> basically stuck it to you and said, Hey man, you got to choose. I, I love situations like that. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Be, being, being uncomfortable. I mean, that really does create a lot of better things, you know, and it, it makes you, it, 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 I really do true believe it makes you better. And like in that situation too, I, I was at that job longer than I should have been already. Like I should have left earlier, but I was, I mean, you know how it's hard when you're going to go self-employed like yeah. that. And, and my big thing was that my wife's a massage therapist. She is, you know, also a contracted employee. So my health insurance is what we depended on. And here yep. in the States, that's a big deal. And it, you know, it took a series of things. It took that conversation. It took another conversation where they, um, they stopped letting me come into the building early in the morning to work on my stuff because, oh wow, because the president of our company's laptop got stolen. Shut and, up, and, and really? so I was, I was asked not to come in. I was like, that's fine. I don't think you're like, I didn't think they were blaming me. It's just, it was for my protection, Yeah. but then they were still laying employees. 
there was one employee they would continue to let come in on the weekend and work by himself. And I was like, I know he's working on the work, but he's still here by himself. The risk is still the same. Like it doesn't, it, it shouldn't really matter. That's you know? crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I knew it had to do with that other conversation about me not working on, you know, so I got to a point where I was like, okay, cool. Like I just started, um, I started going to a coffee shop over in East Nashville. Cause that's where my job was. Uh, you might know ugly mugs uh, yep. over in East Nashville by rose pepper and all that. Mm-hmm. I would go over there in the morning and I would sit there and write all the way up until I had to leave to get to work right on time. Cause I used to go and I would go right in the morning and I would still like be at my desk 30 minutes early working. I was like, well, I'm not going to show up early enough anymore then because that's why I was doing this in the first place. So I could get to my work early. And then, um, and then once Joanna Penn, once I hung out with her for a week and she told me that I was just being scared and I need to quit my job, I came home and did it. So <laughs> there you go, Joanne, right? Like, like fueling the fire. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's, uh, she's great. I don't know if you've, had a chance to have any conversations with her about, cause I mean, she's really into, and I know we'll talk about some of the web 3.0 stuff, but she's really entrenched in that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She, I mean, I've, I've, I've met her in passing. I think it was the Nink event a few years ago, but I, I've, I haven't, I would love to sit down and talk to her because I've been following her, you know, since we all started kind of at the same time anyway. Uh, so it's always, you know, it, if you've been around for a minute, you know, all the faces yeah. and the names and that's it. That, that part of it's pretty cool. Like I like that about what we do. Yeah. It's, it, it's awesome. You know? So, so I'm curious, like, you know, we've uh, like, you know, we've hung out several times now. And like I said, we have our lunch with Robert Crane that we do every now and then, even though I've screwed that up lately. Um, and we were even talking about do, I want to do this in person, but I was yeah. like, uh, but I was, it's one of those things I'm, I really, when I came into this project, I, I was, I was like, Oh, there's all these people around here. I can do this in person with there's you, there's honorary quarter. Um, yeah. I have, I have some music friends that I want to um, talk to face to face. Cause I'm not just talking to writers on this show. It's all yep. different types of creators. And, but I'm now I'm just like, man, it's so much easier to zoom. I know it <laughs> and is. gas is $4 a gallon. So it's like, <laughs> well, and everybody's used to it now. It's like, yeah. you know, the world trained them for it anyway. So they're used to this interaction. And to be quite honest, you know, if you want to have video, it's way easier to record the video on this yeah. and then use it for socials as well. Yeah. So, um, but I also looked at it and I, I did, I did on a raise, we did ours on zoom too. And I just looked, at it, I was like, well, I'll just, it'll give me an excuse for us to do one in person later. You know, she's, she's one of my favorite people, by the way, you know, that she's, she's, she is, she is unafraid in a way that I want to be. She just, she just straight through. She, she's not going to let anybody tell her. No, I love that. She, uh, she really won me over. And I I told her this and I've said this to her face and I said this on our podcast. So this isn't me talking bad about her, but like, uh, I didn't like her when I first heard heard her. <laughs> there, I, I couldn't get behind a lot of her stuff, you know. Um, not her personally. I just didn't care for what she was, you know, put talking about and stuff. But, um, you know, I I, beca- I was also young, young, a lot younger and stupid then. And but I, I became more open minded. I really started listening. And then I met her, and I was like, she is the most genuine oh, person yeah. ever. Like. Um, and and we've we've just become really good friends like we text pretty pretty often and stuff now and i was supposed to go to her house last week and had to uh i had to cancel on her too oh so. geez here we go all right now man we're, we're, we're starting to check it off here but i'm gonna try to see her this week hopefully but um 
but uh but yeah but anyways like so come back around um yeah one thing i feel like we haven't talked about is uh kind of like how you got started and all this writing stuff and yeah. and and you know because i know you you've one of the ogs like i think you've been around for a minute like or maybe even dating back to like the quote-unquote kindle gold rush days I mean, you've been doing um, this for a minute, right? Yeah. I mean, like I, I wasn't one of the ones that came in and had a back catalog and was able to just, you know, sweep the floor with, with, with all my content. Um, I came in at around 2011. Okay. Uh, so that was, you know, Kindle was really just taking off. Uh, Joe Conrath was basically the only one talking Kindle and strategy. So, I, you know, the, one of the stories that I tell is that when I made the commitment, so I'll back up a little bit. So I owned a I was in the Marine Corps, got out, was in the commercial real estate, started a property management company, hated what I was doing and wrote a book on the side, you know, learned to self-publish it, did all those, those sorts of things and put it out in the world. And, and you know how it goes. It's like one month I sold two, another month I sold 25. So when I sold my company and it was selling my company just to pay off the debt, it wasn't to make any money. Um, I had an almost nervous breakdown. So I asked my wife if I could have some time to write. And luckily, you know, she she supported us for for a good bit of time. And um, during that time, I, I, you know, I would stay up until three in the morning reading Joe's blog, you know, and I would go I went back years and years and years and just like absorbing all of it all at the same time. You know, I was a stay at home dad because that was the deal we made. Hey, you want to try this out? You're also going to be a stay at home dad. So when the kids weren't you know, playing or I wasn't taking care, of, take, taking care of them, I was also writing. So I had to figure out really quickly how to integrate writing, learning, parenting all at the same time, right? And uh, so in six months, I wrote two more books, I learned everything that I could. And then I fell on uh, Robert's blog post that changed my life, right? So basically what it was, was a complete honest breakdown of everything that he was doing to, to um, take his, his career to the next level. And I read that thing multiple times a day for like a week. And finally I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to reach out to this guy. If he says anything, whatever. And I literally, I think, I think the email was, Hey man, I just want to say thank you so much for writing this. Like it really inspired me. You know, I'm putting these things in place because of what you said. And, and this was when, you know, the, the freebies were just taking off. And that was the gist of what he was, he had written, right? He was going from giving away one book to giving away the, the first three bundle. And at the time, you know, now that may not seem like anything, but he was making good money. And for him to do that, that was a huge leap of faith, right? And he outlined it in a way that was just very, very well-spoken, very well-said, very well-laid out. And it became my map. And lo and behold, I write him this email and he gets right back to me. And so we, you know, we start a little conversation, a dialogue. Um, and so that was like in February of whatever, 2012 or 2013. And, you know, we kind of kept in touch a little bit. And, and because I, you know, I think I put my first book as free and then I started making some money, like, you know, so I was checking in and this is when, then he started like knocking it out of the park. You know, Robert was just crushing it. And later that year is in the summertime. Uh, every year I go up to Minnesota with some buddies. He lived in Minnesota at the time. So I, I took a chance. I said, Hey man, I'm going to be up here. If I come up a day early, you know, can I take you out to dinner? You know, I would just love to meet you, whatever. And so we went, 
He said, yes, uh, we met at the Mall of America, ended up walking around the mall for like four hours, had dinner, had a steak. And that was the beginning of our friendship, right? Like real friendship. Uh, later on, he moved to Nashville, which is great for us, right? Like yeah. <laughs> I like to say, I convinced him to move to Nashville. I didn't really, I think he was moving this way anyway, but, but I learned a lot from him. And in, in, you know, in the, in the in-between years, like there are times where, uh, you know, we brought guys like LT Ryan, you know, Lee's is part of our group. Um, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Carson is a part of our group. Nick Webb is one of our very, very good friends. And so we started getting together once or twice a year here in Nashville. And, you know, sometimes it was very writing focused. Sometimes it was just, hey, what, like we were very transparent with all our numbers. It was, hey, this is what I'm doing. And so that that sharing of information was absolutely huge for my career, just because you're doing something. And, you know, sometimes somebody sniffs out what Amazon is changing and other people don't, like they, it doesn't register. So to be able to have people that could point that out and go, hey, this is what's going on now. And then the rest of us go, oh my gosh, we didn't know. And then shift really what it what it would take a lot of times is is shifting our entire business model right like taking our books out of out of freebie mode right because we were basically getting penalized for having books out there that you know those free books were getting hidden all of a sudden and and some of us you know got uh got some inside scoop on that not because anybody told us but because we we did the research and so you know, it all started with Robert and Lee and, and guys that really, um, they helped without asking for anything. And then we became friends. And I remember later on, it was, it was probably, I don't know, four years ago or something. I remember asking them both independently. I was like, you know, I was just a new guy. You know, I was probably two years behind Lee and, 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 and probably the same behind Robert. I was like, why did you even answer me, right? Like, why did you answer my email? Why did you even, you know, continue to engage? And they said, and, and it's funny because I, I say the same thing now, it's because I took what they said and I actually did something with it, right? So many people, and I know you probably get this all the time. Hey, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to write a book and, you know, I'm, I've got this great idea. What should I do? Like, what should I do about marketing? And I mean, my response is just go write the damn thing, right? Go write the book and then come up for air and figure out the rest of it. But people don't want to hear that. And so when they said that, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. And that's so for me, and I know you're the same way. If people come to me and ask for, for advice, I, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm transparent. I'll tell you exactly what I did. But the number of people who have actually taken that and done something with it, like I can name a couple people who, so Andrew Watts is one of them, right? So he writes in my genre. He was a former uh, Navy helicopter pilot, now has his own publishing company, publishes other people. Uh, Severn Publishing, I think is their name, but he reached out to me, uh, this was years ago, and was, you know, started engaging, first it was the military, you know, hey, you know, this thing, but then he offered to help, and he started asking questions, and then he started doing things, and then he brought in a guy like Jason Casper, who's a fantastic guy, you know, former Army Ranger, and and so we we started building this team, not team, but this family of of writers who all helped each other, and it was I don't know it, that to me, that's been one of the really, really special things that I could not have foreseen in my, in my writing journey is meeting these writers. Cause I just assumed everybody's in their own little hole. Everybody's doing their own work and like kind of, you know, blocking out the rest of them. 
because to be quite honest, sometimes I have, a, I have a hard time with other writers because I'm not a complainer. So I don't do well with complainers. Yeah. The group that we're in, like we're, we're very solutions based, right? Where what's going on? How can we capitalize on this? Hey, let's do it. Right. Like that's how we've always been. So to be around people who like, oh, well, this, this happened to me and okay, that's cool. Let's talk about that. But now let's talk about how we're going to fix it or try to fix it because you know, you can try 10 things and only one of them may work or none of them may work because of something that Amazon did with the algorithm. Who knows? So to have people to throw those ideas off of and, and man, just like me, you've, you've probably experimented with so many things and 90% of the things you you've tried like me have failed. Right. Yeah. But it's not really a failure because I learned something in the process, right? I built a website in order to do something and it didn't do anything, but in the process I got experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I think it's, it's been <laughs> like a lot of us, it's, it's kind of a roller coaster ride, right? When Amazon ads really took off my business, just, you know, catapulted yeah. and then, and then things came back down to earth, you know, more and more people were using Amazon ads, but really the way I see it, it's, it's less about that and more about readers just got used to seeing all these ads and, you know, it's, it wasn't that important anymore. Uh, it didn't look like an Amazon recommendation because in the beginning, I don't know if people remember, but it looked like Amazon was recommending these books to you. Yeah, right? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it felt like, oh, okay, like it's this is a recommendation engine. You know, they know what I like because I buy all my other books here anyway. Uh, so it's, I feel like right now we're in the middle of another one of those shifts. And you and I have talked about that, 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 you know, a, a good, a good number of us are seeing a, a decrease in our earnings. Um, you know, some more than others, and we've got to figure out what that, what's the next move, right? What's the next step? How, how do we get, get that share back? Because readers aren't going anywhere. I, like it, like the, the argument of, oh, well, people aren't reading as much anymore. That's complete BS. Yeah, I, I think agree. more people are reading. If anything, they're, they're just moving to a, another technology like Audible, right? Like I love Audible. I mean, I, I was just listening to an audio book before I hopped on here. I, I, I go through so many books that way because, because I have a harder time reading now that I write for a living because I kind of have my editor's eyes on. Um, so it's like, we have to keep involving in this, in this ecosystem and the people, you know, you know, plenty of people who just couldn't take it anymore. They did well in the beginning and then they just couldn't keep up. Like you just have to be okay with, like we said in the beginning, being uncomfortable when, when stuff shifts because it's going to keep shifting. You know, it's like, it's like the sands in Dune. They're going to keep shifting, man. And then that big worm's going to come out and, and, and tear off your leg and you got to keep going somehow. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's a continual learning process. I tell people all the time, for me, it's been understanding that I will never be an expert at this ever. What I can do is just keep learning and listening to the people who have been around, uh, uh, around for a while, but also listening to the people who are coming in and either not crushing it yet, but are going that way, or they're crushing it in the beginning because they're doing something right. I, I love listening to anybody that's got a possible solution. So that's, that's where I try to be now because, you know, I've been humbled a couple of times because I thought I made it, you know, I've, everybody wants to make it. And then all of a sudden it's like, things go down again. It's like, all right, don't get complacent. Keep, keep innovating, keep, keep writing, keep engaging with your audience. Um, and I think, I think for me, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's continually changing and you got to be okay with that or else you might not want to be in this business, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, too, too many people look at or, or don't think long-term, like the way I look at it is and with every decision I make and with everything I'm doing, I mean, I'm, I'm, I plan on writing for a long time and, and continuing to publish and, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's easier to say that when you are like making enough money to make a living off of it. But like, I'm, you know, like I'm, it's not like I'm rich <laughs> or by any means or anything like that either, you know, but but I look at this as a long-term thing for me and I'm laying a foundation to be able to keep doing this for a long time, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that really gets lost on a lot of people. Uh, man, there was so much in there. You said that I want to touch on, um, like, it's funny. You have a very, the way you and Robert met is very similar to the way me and Jay met. Like I, it was just, he had a podcast. I emailed him and was kind of like asked for some help. And now we've built several different things together, ventures together and written, you know, like 13 or 14 books together and all this stuff. So it's funny. Um, but like w- one big thing in there, you said you want to touch on, or I want to touch on <clears throat> is um, like having that group of, of people uh, that, that you could kind of lean on. And, and, and I'm with you. Like I, like one reason I love going and hanging out with you and Robert is because um, you know, you guys aren't complainers. Like I, I can't hang around you know, authors and and others who just want to complain about, oh, this happened. It's like, if it's out of my, like so many things are out of our control that people complain about. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I'm not going to waste my time worrying about that. Like, I'll I'll just acknowledge it. If it's something I got to work around, you know, if Amazon makes a change or something else, like, okay, it's just, that's part of the deal. Like, we'll just work around it, but I'm going to keep going. Um, But like, I feel, I think one key thing you said, and I really encourage people if they are able to do this, um, uh, to do this, but like the fact that you guys meet up in person, mm-hmm. um, that, that was one reason I wanted to be able to do this with, I, I initially really wanted to do this with you in person, because I know without a, without a shadow of a doubt, we would have a different conversation if I was totally. sitting there with yeah. you right now. Yep. Absolutely. And, and there have been so many times when like Jay and I, Jay and I, for a while, when we were really working on stuff together, like every, every like quarter or so we would meet somewhere. Usually we'd meet in Cincinnati because that's mm. about halfway between here and Cleveland. Um, and we would, we would just get like an Airbnb or a hotel room for a few days. And whether we were planning a new book series or we were planning some new writing retreat or event or whatever, like us being in the same room and sharing space and not on a zoom call like this, I know that we wouldn't have done so many of the things we did if we hadn't have been in that room together yep, and able to read each other and really sit on things. And like, you'd go to dinner later and be like, Oh man, that thing we talked about earlier, like let it makes such a huge difference. Huge. And, uh, over, you know, and I'm not saying people shouldn't have online communities cause they're great, but if you can find a group of like-minded people that you can meet with in person, even if you have to travel and it costs a little bit of money, um, like I definitely suggest people do that. It's, it's well worth the money. It's well worth the time. Cause I'm not going to lie. There are sometimes there have been some years where we're getting together and I'm in the middle of something, right. Whether it's life or writing a book. And I'm like, I just, I don't have time for this right now, but every time I've walked away going, God, I'm so glad I did that. I'm yeah. so glad I got outside my comfort zone because you're right. It's, it's, you know, if you're a, if you're a fan of Napoleon Hill, which I'm a huge Napoleon Hill fan, mastermind groups, like there is, there is some kind of magic that we don't understand when two or more people get in a room in a like-minded way and start talking about things. All of a sudden, all of a salute, all of a sudden, like magic, 
just solutions and stuff just keeps starts falling out of the air. And you're like, where the hell did that come from? And that has happened to me so many times, right? Like it's, 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 it's crazy how we have no one, we really don't have any understanding of how our minds work and how interconnected we are in a way that the universe is, is running, running things. And, and we have no clue. We have absolutely no clue. But my job is to put myself in those situations where I can somehow harness that power to do something good, right? Whether it's to write a, a book or to, to help a nonprofit or, or help a friend, right? Like it, you know, the number of times where I've gone into a situation, I don't need anything out of it, but somebody needs help. Most of the time, nine times out of 10, I'm going to help somebody else. I get as much, if not more out of that conversation than that person I came to help. Yeah. Like, why, why aren't we doing that more, right? Why aren't we helping each other more? Why aren't we, dude, put your shit down and go have a conversation with somebody, right? Like I, that's why I love that you guys do the conferences. I don't have, I don't have the guts to put that together. And I'm honestly, I'm too lazy to do it, but I, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It is. It's it's a whole lot of work, but like, like, especially when you get in, you know, the more intimate settings, right? Like sometimes it's not in those sessions. It's, it's by the bar or by the pool, or like you said, at dinner, um, me, Lee, and Robert have had some phenomenal conversations over a steak. We, it, we just have because it's it's a different environment. You know, it's like you don't have all your stuff sitting there, and all of a sudden, you know, you you can relax and your brain is almost like freed. Um, you know, I want to go back to something that that you mentioned a couple minutes ago that I realized probably I don't know five or six years ago because I've burned out twice in my career, mm. like burned out. Like I don't think I can pick up my computer again. Burned out. And what I had to come come realize, because you said it, right? I want to do this forever. I want to do this until I die. Hopefully, I am dictating my last words as I'm breathing my last breath type thing, you know? And I had to realize that I had to set up everything in my life for the long term. So taking care of myself, eating the right thing, getting enough sleep, feeding, because all those things feed my creativity. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not setting myself up. So like back at, back in the day, I was writing six or seven books a year. That's a lot of books. I've now, done that too. Yeah, I know we all have. Right. And that's why we have this mutual respect because we've all put that work in. Now I have to see, I had to take a step back and go, what's sustainable for the long term, Right. So like for a while I was writing a thousand words a day. That was it. Like I hit a thousand words and I would, I would close my laptop. That's it. That's it for the day. And I had to learn how to get into that. Um, that mindset that this was this it's 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 a habit right that i have to keep doing it that's why i have to work out every day because if i miss a day then the day after that i'm like man maybe i won't work out yeah you know? <laughs> well that's it, the james clear the two-day rule oh dude yeah, atomic habits yeah it's crazy yeah. because as a human as an imperfect human i want it i always want to take the easy way out always I'm, I'm lazy. I want to procrastinate. I want, I have to force myself to do these things. So, so if I'm not doing it every day, you know, I work, I work seven days a week and I'm not saying I sit down and I write every single day because now I write in chunks, right? Like in April, I'm going to start writing again. And I write very differently than you do, or the next guy or the next gal. But for me, like walking on a treadmill and dictating for 30 to 60 minutes, gets me up to 3000 words. That's what I've worked my way up to, right? I've learned how to tell a story um, out loud, you know, with my mouth, 
in the beginning that was super, super uncomfortable and it was a big hot mess, right? Now I have a system, but you know why I started doing that? Because I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to be telling a story, writing as I was doing something else, as I was walking. And it was a Penn's uh, podcast where she interviewed that guy. I can't remember his name. He's the, 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 the walking and talking guy. Kevin you J. Know, Anderson. He, yeah, yeah, that guy. And, and that blew me away. That I was gonna say, you made a Dune reference earlier. You can't, you have to know Kevin J. He writes yeah. the Dune books. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> it, 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 I've gone back. I've read that, the, uh, the transcript of that. And, and I think he's also done it, his own write-up on his own website about that. I've read that article so many times, Yeah. right? Because I, I, what I wanted to do is get to the mentality of it, right? Like, how is he doing this and why is he doing it? And so now, you know, I've, I've come full circle. When I first started writing, I was very much a pantser, right? Like I sat down and whatever I just did. And then I, when I got kind of towards the, you know, I started getting professional. I was like, well, everybody else is outlining. I need to outline and I need to, you know, you know, save the cat and, and, and hero's journey and all this stuff. And dude, you know, what ended up happening was I ended up hating it. I ended up hating yeah. the entire process and I, I lost the joy of it. Now I am, I'm almost even reverted farther back than the beginning. When I step on that treadmill, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Really? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's I know, interesting. I know. I'm, who, yeah. Because uh, I'm a big dictator mm -hmm. and I don't think I could do that. I think the reason I'm able to do it is because I know what I'm going to write. And I'm not yeah. like, I'm definitely more of a plotter, but I mean, I, I give myself, I'm very vague. Like I've, uh, because I'm the same way, like it was starting to burn me out by being too meticulous. Yep. Um, but it would be, I, I kind of have to know what I'm going to, that's the only way that I can dictate and make it work. Well, here's the thing is you've been telling stories for long enough. I guarantee if so, so for me, I'll know going into it. Okay. I'm going to write three chapters and these are the, you know, I love jumping POVs. So that, you know, this is going to be Cal, this is going to be Daniel, and this is going to be Matthew Wilcox. Right. And so I basically already know, like when I'm meditating, I lay on the ground and I meditate literally right behind me right uh -huh. here. And I'm thinking about, you know, I'm picturing myself walking on a treadmill and that all the ideas are coming to me. Right. And it's easy. It's an easy process. Like I barely even think about it. When I step off the treadmill, I'm going to be like, what the hell? What, what just happened? I have no idea what, what came out of my mouth. And you know, that's happened to you too, right? Oh, yeah. Where you're writing, 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 and then you stop. You're like, whoa, what just, what just happened? You were in the zone. I am trying to picture myself in the zone each and every day that I step on that treadmill. And most of the time, you know, sometimes, you know, whether I'm tired or stressed or whatever, that 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 jumps into it but most of the time now i've trained myself to put myself into that right headspace into the zone so you know as i'm walking along as i'm as i'm you know and i'm not dictating straight i'm dictating a couple lines and then pause dictating a couple lines and then pause but i you know you know inherently now how to tell a story Absolutely. how to ramp up yeah. how to ramp up the uh the 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 um you know, the conflict. And because I've written enough times live where I'm, you know, I'm writing and then posting, you know, raw, I know that each one of those chapters has to have some kind of cliffhanger, some kind of hook, so, you know, to, to keep people coming back. And so that's kept my, you know, I, I, I go, I go full Patterson, right? Like I'm, I'm trying to, to, to keep them turning those pages. And I'm telling you, man, our brains, like I mentioned a minute ago, we have so much power in here that we don't even tap into. 
It's just about letting go and you know how to do it. I guarantee if you, if you said, you know what, this next, I'm going to write a short story and, and I'm just going to show up and I'm, I don't even know what it's going to be about. I guarantee that you as a writer for a long time writer, you'll do it. Yeah, it's, I probably it'll, could. It'll, it'll feel uncomfortable. It did. It did to me too. And yeah, I was it goes like, back to discomfort, like you're saying. Yeah. 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 And I, and you know what? I was like, well, what if I can't do it? Then that, then that little thing in the back of my head, that little, whatever it is goes, um, yeah, you can't do this. You know, everybody's going to think you're a complete idiot. Well, I did it like full on for my last <clears throat> book. That's going to be published in a couple of days. And that was one of the easiest writing experiences that I've ever had. Because awesome. there was there was no pressure. There was absolutely no pressure, right? Now, uh, what are you? What are you using to dictate? Uh, I use um, Rev. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. So, so so I you know I dictate into that, and then they have you know they that gets pulled into their whatever their system, and then they actually have a human transcriptionist go over it. Oh um, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no. I oh, I would check that out. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's some for some people it might be a little cost prohibitive. I think it's like a buck a minute, but but that's or like a buck twenty five a minute now. But that's why I pause, right? Like I don't I don't have a lot of dead space in my recording, so I'm I'm saving money that way as well. But so then that'll get spit out. And I used to do the the cleanup editing on my own, but now I pay somebody to just to you know just format it because sometimes it'll come back and the dialogue is, is a little funky out, but I like the fact that I, like, I tried to learn dragon and all that, but it was so, it held me back when I had to say like quotation mark, you know, period. See, this, I'm so used to it now. Yeah. I, I, I just, it, it took me out of the story so much. And so to be able to just blah, 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 and talk like the way we were meant to do with the way we were meant to tell a story and have somebody else do all that stuff. Like that was, that was one of the things, you know, for, for quality of life that I was trying to get to is what, what I told my editor, I said, my goal in my writing career is I only want to write it and then read it right before it gets published, you know, just to see if there's yeah. anything that I need to touch up. Right. And luckily I have an editor who's a phenomenal writer who knows my voice and he's like my music producer. That's the way I describe him. Right. Like I, I, I throw out those raw jams and then he goes in and cleans it up and makes it all colorful and pretty. Um, it's a, it's a great relationship to have. That's and awesome. I, yeah. It's in it. But again, it took me a long time to get there Yeah, because before it was, you know, I was editing, my wife was helping, my friends were helping all that, but people don't, they don't see that part of the journey, right? They just see that, Oh, Carlos just dictates. And then he, he publishes, man, it took, you know, a long time over a decade to get to that point. It just did. Yeah, I just switched up my process where I'm hoping it's going to streamline a lot for me. I'm going to I'm going to have to see what my editor says. I didn't tell her I changed my process for this <laughs> book, but cuz cuz I want cuz I want to see like if she sees any big difference. Yeah. But like I started um doing I some people kind of call it like the Dean Koontz thing where like I'm um writing in the morning and then uh edit, like I I will edit uh, uh like I'll, I'll write in the morning, then I'll edit that stuff after, after I'm done with my writing session. Mm -hmm. So basically by the time I switched it up some for this last book, I did that. Sometimes I would like the first thing I would do in the morning is I, let me go back. Cause this is, I'm, I'm, I've tried a couple of different things. What I, the one I really liked was the first thing I'll do in the morning is edit what I wrote the previous day. Mm -hmm. And that helps get me back in the story. Yep. And also like, I just get it to the point. I do a really good revision. I run it through pro writing aid and then I'm done. And then I start writing the next chapter. And 
I sent that book to my editor when I was done. I didn't go back and do a full read through again. Like yeah. I just, I just was like, okay, I'm going to see what she says. And we've worked together on like 30 books. So, I mean, she's going to know if, but I'm con- I'm pretty confident that it's going to be good. And then I'll just be able to do, go through her revisions, do a couple things. And then if, if it works, it's going to be way better for my process. And I'm really yeah. excited. <laughs> well, listen, you know, this, the more roadblocks you can take out, yeah. the easier and smoother. To, and then you don't like, you don't dread the process. That, yep. That's the thing is like, there's so many times where I've gotten into a process and then I start dreading and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to go in after this writing session, after I did this with the kids and clean up the transcript. Right. So in my head, I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm just a solutions guy. I'm like, best case scenario. What, 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 what do I want? I want somebody else to do that. Right. So what is that going to take? Okay. I got to find somebody who I trust that understands my voice, who understands the way I write and pay them to do it. Right. But you got to work your way up that way. I'm curious where, where are you at as far as um, how much are you writing every day now? Or does it depend? It depends. And honestly, I kind of don't keep track anymore. Um, I found that one thing that was really unhealthy for me was chasing word counts. Yep. Um, and I, and dude, it was bad. Like there was, um, you know, that was a big thing when I was still using social media, which I of course don't do anymore. I was in a, I was in an author group with some pretty big heavy hitters. Like Robert was in there too. Um, and, and there were several others and people would post word counts and stuff. And I would like get comparisonitis. It would make me feel like shit, yeah. you know? And, and I, I got to a point where I was just like, man, it doesn't, what matters is progress. Yep. And knowing that I'm working. So now my focus is just getting my ass in the chair and, and staying there until my writing block is done. If that gets me a thousand words, cool. If it gets me 1500, 2000, even better. But like, I don't, I don't really worry about it because another thing that that screw, like it was kind of messing me up with other things because there were, I feel like getting out words is not all that writing is. And, yep. and I felt like for a long time, because I was chasing those word counts, it's like, man, I gotta be writing. But like, and it would make me like, not want to stop and research something or yeah. what, cause it's like, I'm not putting down words. I'm not making progress. And I had to reframe all that. So I understand like, if I'm working on the project and it, it really is like stuff I need to be doing for it, then I'm making progress. Yeah. Um, so if I had to give you an answer, I would say I probably, I'm probably between like 1500 and 2000. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I rarely look now. Yeah. But, but see, that's great. That's a great distinction that comes from experience though. It does. Right? Be- because I was the same way I was chasing numbers. And then you run into a guy like Robert, who's a, you know, writing freak. He, he writes, yeah, he's 10, one of the people I always like think about. Cause I remember he told me one day he wrote, he writes like 6,000 words on a treadmill desk. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I, I'm never yeah. going to do that. And I don't want no. to. No, exactly. And it's funny because I actually, what I ended up doing was probably, I don't know, probably two years ago. My goal now is, is session. So for me, a session is one chapter, right? So I say, okay, today I'm going to do two sessions or I'm going to do three. And if that chapter is 250 words, so be it. I don't care. Like you, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit closer to being done. Right. And it's funny because the, the more I do that, my sessions all tend to be like, when I go back and look at it, they all tend to be about the same word count. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. All I'm saying is I'm giving myself a little bit of relief, right? I'm saying, you know what, let's get, 
let's get two or three sessions in, two or three chapters in today. And then you're done, man. You're done for the day. You don't have to think about writing again until tomorrow. Yeah. And, and then when I go back and I look at the word count, I'm like, oh, it's pretty much the same as yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. Again, an- another thing the brain does without us thinking. Dude, and it took me, uh, you know, and this kind of comes back, it, it writes what you're saying now, but it also comes back to some stuff you were saying earlier. Like it took me a long time after I became full-time to get out of the mindset that you have to work an eight hour work day. Yeah. Like it, I didn't, you know, part, I, I love what I do, but I also, I, I did, I, the main reason I wanted to go and be able to do this is to own my own time. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, I, there are most days I don't have eight hours of work. Like I yeah. can only write like three hours a day and then I'm tapped out. Yep. Now I have a lot of other things going on. Like you said, I'm editing. I have editing clients. I, me and Jay are doing events. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things going on, but still like I have other things I want to do. Like I, like, especially lately, I've been putting a lot more emphasis on my health and, and stuff and like all that stuff matters. And it's like, like you were saying earlier, you know, you were talking about, you know, those things make you feel better. Um, you know, I, I think about like my friend Randa, she always says, um, I'm, I'm doing something for future Randa, like, because yeah. those, a lot of those things suck. That you, you don't want to do them, but you know that you're gonna let you're gonna feel way better later if you do those things. Totally. I and, yeah, I've I've started scheduling like just imagination time. Yes. Yes. Ab- just sit ab- there, sit there and stare at a whatever for 30 minutes. You know how many solutions come in quiet time? Dude, why why aren't we doing that more? Yeah, it's I don't know if you follow Cal Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote deep work and, uh, and, and digital minimalism, digital minimalism is the reason I quit social media. Huh. Uh, but he, but he's really big on that, um, yeah. about, uh, just scheduling time where you have cultivating silence because we don't do enough of that. I mean, yep. people it's, it's always, um, like with everything people do, they're always like, look, looking for that hack, you know? Yeah, and this is, totally. I'm not saying not the same thing as you riding on the treadmill. No, but, but it like, is, it's true. Absolutely yeah. true. We're always looking for the easy way out, the hack, the magic bullet, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Like I, I'm on, I'm on, I'm going on a walk. So that's when I'm going to listen to my podcast or do audible, or I'm yeah. going to, I'm doing dishes. I have to let, you don't always have to consume content. Yeah. Like I, so I'm with you. I schedule that time usually it's walks. So I'll do, I'll go for a walk either around my neighborhood or at the greenway near me or something where like, sometimes I leave my phone in my car, Yeah, you know? And if, and if I don't, I will have it off or I'll have it somewhere where I can't just reach it. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I don't want, I don't want my earbuds in or nothing. I just want silence. Yep. And because I get so many ideas and stuff out of that. So many. Yeah. It's something about that, that disconnect from technology, right? Because because we weren't born with it. So why don't we go back to using our natural gifts, right? Like being imaginative, being, being curious, being creative. It's all intertwined. And I love that like so many studies now are coming out about, hey, getting the proper amount of sleep, yeah. eating right. You know, it's like, and, and, and we're not talking about, we're not talking about the quick fix. We're talking about, like you said about your friend, what's the future me going to look like? Because I got to put the work in now to do that. Right. But, but most people don't want that. Like, and and I, I fall into that all the time. I want the easy way out. I just do like, I want to press a button and man, look at him. He looks amazing. Like 
he, he must work out. Oh no, I just pressed a button, dude. You know, but, but honestly, it's so much more. And I think as I get older and I, I think this is something that's coming up in a lot of what people are saying is so much of it is part of that struggle and that journey, right? It doesn't all have to be hard, but it's gotta be work, man. I mean, we, we weren't, we weren't made to just be put on this earth and just, you know, have an easy time and just do whatever. Like if I'm not working, I, I I'm never going to retire yeah, because, me either. because yeah. I know if I do, I will go crazy. I will yeah. absolutely go crazy. Now that, that doesn't mean that I'll be working as much as I do now, but I've got to be, my brain's got to be engaged somehow. It really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm the same way. That, I was, I was yeah. having that conversation with my dad the other day, cause my dad just recently retired in December and, you know, and we were talking about different things and, you know, like, re- you know, retirement accounts and stuff. And, and, uh, and I told him, I was like, well, yeah, of course, like I'm putting away for my future with like a Roth IRA and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm never going to retire. Like if yeah. I can help it, you know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, so, uh, plus, you know, with what we do, we are, we're hopefully I will have like a lot of book royalties still coming right. by the time that comes. So, cause we have the passive income thing going on, but, uh, yeah, like I don't plan on, I, I want to do this. I'm like you, like, I want to be doing this until the day I'm gone. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I think, and this is probably a whole other conversation that retirement is this myth that we've been given. And you, if you do the research, it goes back to the industrial revolution in Germany specifically, right? What were they trying to do? They were trying to get older workers out of the workforce so that they could put younger workers in and have them engaged. So they invented a thing called retirement. Yeah. Literally, it was invented, right? Yeah. And so just now like the eight hour work day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so for me, I look at that and, and that was a big wake up because I learned that re- fairly recently. It was it was like this epiphany because I felt bad. I felt bad because everybody was talking about retirement and, you know, putting enough money away and this and that. And sure, we should do that, you know, for a rainy day or just in case or an emergency or God forbid something were, were to happen. But like when I finally realized that I didn't have to plan for retirement, dude, that like freed me up. I was like, hold on. So I can keep working on my craft forever and ever and ever until I die. I'm never going to be perfect anyway, but I can keep getting better. All these things. It's like, I don't know, man. It was like a big, it was like a a weight off my shoulders that, that I didn't have to, you know, go for this arbitrary goal over here. You know, I could just keep progressing how I was meant to be progressing. And I I don't know, man, like I feel bad for some people who do retire and then all of a sudden they're, they're lost. They're completely lost. Um, You know, and and, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with retiring, especially if you, you've worked really, really hard for so many years, but my wife and I have also come to the realization of, Hey, let's make sure we play now. Let's not put it off until we're 60 or 65 because you know what? I'm not going to be able to climb that mountain or go for that hike when I'm 65. So why am I waiting? You know, did you read, have you read die with zero by Bill Perkins? Maybe that's it. He is what he talks about. He talks about how, um, and it's funny because Jay and I actually last week on this podcast had a whole episode about money yeah. and we're talking about a lot of this same stuff about retirement and, um, and we brought that book up, but his whole thing is like, die with nothing. Like, you know, that doesn't mean don't leave anything to your kids, but like, don't let like your kids shouldn't be expecting this big inheritance because that's money you earned. And he also talks about like the kind of time what I'm saying, like, I think a lot of people don't understand. They don't, not that they don't understand, but they've never actually sat down and thought about like, what's enough. 
Yeah. You know, and they just keep like building, building, building wealth, but for what? Yep. You know, and like, like I know for me, I mentioned earlier, like I don't make life changing money now, but like I don't have to. I, I have my number that I want to get to to be comfortable is so low because of my lifestyle, because I don't have debt, because of all this stuff that it's not like I don't have to keep going and going and going and going and going. Yep. And but uh, but one of the things that Bill Perkins talks about in that book is exactly what you just said. He's like, would you rather if you if your goal is to go like snowboard in the Alps, like, would you rather do that now when you're in your 40s or whatever, or in your 30s when you can do it? Or are you going to wait till you're 65 or 70 when that's probably going to suck ass to go totally. do that? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, build a, and, and plus, here's the other thing. We're not even guaranteed to make it to there. That's exactly it. <laughs> is I could die tomorrow. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. so the thing that you got to wrap Memento your head more. around. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I've had to understand is that okay, it's it's all about moderation and balance, right? It's not that I'm going to go take a hundred thousand dollar vacation to wherever, but I got to figure out okay, I want to do certain things. I want to do these things with my family. How can we make that happen? How can we make that happen and not keep putting it off? Because, you know, during the pandemic, everybody else holed up and that was fine. We hit the road. Yeah, you guys were gone. I remember Dude, that. Yeah. We were gone and we made some amazing memories, things that my kids and I will always remember. And to me, that's a greater gift than leaving them a ton of money. Like my wife and I don't want to do that either because we've seen families, you know, somebody dies and literally that day the will is read and a family is completely broken apart. I don't want yeah. to do that to my kids. Sure. You know, like for us, what I want to do is, you know, maybe if they want to buy a house, leave some money for a down payment for them for, for a house. And then uh, because travel is huge for our family, like maybe put enough money aside that they've got 10 grand a year to go on a trip with their family and, you know, kind of keep that story going, but to leave them millions and millions of dollars, what, what, dude, if I've been given 20, you know, at the age of 18 or 21, like $10 million, I probably wouldn't be alive right now. Yeah. I'm not going to well, lie. Well, and that's the other thing too, like that he, that he talks about in that book is like, why wait to give them money? Like yeah. the, the inheritance, like, yep. it, it, you know, cause you're, you, there's a really good chance that your kids could use it way better when they're 25 or whatever, right. than like waiting for you to die. And then getting it then like there's, you know, you can help them get into a home or do whatever, you know, and, and like, that's a big point he makes in that book too. Like, why wait, if you're going to give them money, just give it to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. If I, you can, I, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have to be huge amounts of money. That's what people don't get. Right. Like enjoy that time together now. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation, right? That's, that's parenting, that's family. That's, and I'm, I'm in a very lucky spot. I've got three kids and I love hanging out with all of them. But that was one of our goals from the beginning. Like the rule in our house is don't be a turd, you know? So said another way, we didn't want to, we did not want to raise assholes. Yeah. We want, we want to raise good people that we want to be around. I want to be around my wife and my kids because it's, you know, because they are good people, because they bring value to my life, because they make me feel better about myself, not because they're kissing my ass or anything, because they definitely don't do that. But, you know, we have great conversations. And I, you know, I just came back from Birmingham where I took my daughter to a volleyball tournament and the way home, we talked for two and a half hours. Yeah. And, and I, I guarantee yeah. you, and you know, this, like, those are the things I remember from my childhood, not yep. the, not the thing I got for my seventh birthday or for Christmas. I remember the trips my family took. I remember, you know, like 
dude, one of my fondest memories. It's so funny. I remember this and I don't, it could be one of those things that didn't even actually happen or like it happened so many times, but like, you know, I can hear, um, like, uh, Led Zeppelin or Dire Straits, like, uh-huh. which is so funny. Like I'll hear like money for nothing by Dire Straits, which is a totally cheesy song. But like, <laughs> I think about me and my dad, like riding to McDonald's on Saturday morning yes. and just like hanging out and talking. Yeah, you know when I was like eight years old. Oh, you know, God, like those. Know. The, so those are the types of things. So like creating those memories for your kids is so much more important than buying them things or or whatever. Yeah, you know what that is though, right? That's the moments between the moments. Yes, that's what we are horrible at. Yeah. Some of my greatest moments with my children has been like waiting in a one-hour line at Disney World and just having that time the two of us. Dude, like I remember. It, you know, yeah. like I was, I was waiting for Space Mountain with my, with my middle son and we were, you know, it's dark and we're playing Battleship on my phone and we're talking at the same time. I will never forget that. Yeah. I will never, ever forget that. My daughter's trying to walk in my room right now. Hey, I'm doing a podcast. Since it's creator dad, I can do this. <laughs> That's hey, amazing. No, you have to wait till I'm done. Okay. I'll be done in a few minutes. I'm not even going to edit this since this is this. You podcast. should not. You should I'm keep not. it in. Hey, I got to go, babe. I'm recording. We'll, we'll, we'll go outside when I'm done. <laughs> there but you yeah, go. You're, but you're right. Like, um, like, but people are missing those moments between the moments because they're distracted. Yeah. You know, you, it, this goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago about cultivating silence. You know, you, when you're like, look, when you're in the grocery store and you're staying in line, like what's everybody doing? Everybody's right. looking down their phone. Totally. And I'm not saying I never do that. Yep. Like, you know, but. Oh, I'm but guilty of it too, man. We all are. But I, but I think like, because you and I, like people like us, people like Cal Newport are like thinking big time about these things. Like we, we try, we stop ourselves or we put things in place that, that will help us not miss those sorts of moments and stuff, yeah. the stuff that really matters. Well, it's, 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 it's being intentional about it. Right. Because I'm not going to be perfect at it hundred percent of the time, but you know what? I'm, I'm 2000% better than I used to be about it because I was always rushing to that next moment. Right. Yeah. And never, never, never savoring that time in the middle. And I, I don't remember who I first heard say, you know, the, it's a, all about the moments between the moments, but that just, I mean, it, it hit me like a brick to the face. I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that is so true. You know, that what you were saying, go to your, going to uh, McDonald's with your dad. Like, I remember I have a vivid memory of me going to get ice cream with my dad in Japan when he was back for like a day because he was in the Navy and his ship had come back. And I remember it vividly going to get it. I dropped my ice cream. I remember being devastated and then him going, you know what? It's okay. We'll go get you another one. I didn't think, you know, and, and I remember that, like, I feel it still like both the sadness and the happiness and all of it together. Um, we just, I I think we poo poo those, those moments and we shouldn't because that to me is, is really where the magic is. Well, dude, that sounds like a great spot to end. You and I could talk for another hour, but we're going to, because I feel like, you know, there was money conversations there we could have had we didn't even talk about web 3.0 which is a big oh, we'll thing get to that into. but we'll get to that like you know there's 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 enough time to get to that and everything but we'll we'll definitely do this again if i can muster it up i might i might do an episode with you and robert together yeah I, man. i don't know if that would be good or bad but <laughs> <laughs> no, pro- be, we, we have a lot of fun so you probably need to set aside three hours for that one. i probably that'll have to be like a yeah that'll have to be like a three-part episode or something but <laughs> oh, that'd uh, be great but, but dude uh like 
take a moment, tell people where they can find you online. I know you mentioned you have a book coming out, whatever you want to talk about. This is yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so my main website is cg-cooper.com that I write under CG Cooper. Uh, you can call me Carlos. That's totally fine. And our new product project right now is authormint.io. That's authormint.io. And that is where you can literally own my literary royalties. So 50% of my first book, we are now selling as uh, NFTs, much like the music side of the business is going. And uh, the long-term plan of that is to really kind of disrupt publishing, you know, and, and bring it back to the readers and giving them the ability to choose which books come out and support authors and letting them be creative without having to worry about the money. So that's, that's like my passion right now. That's, uh, we're having some great conversations and just teaching people about web three NFTs, what it's, you know, it's not all about just JPEGs. It's about like real, real world value. And uh, yeah, that's, what's, Got me, got me up at night, man. Just thinking about that stuff all day long. So those two places are probably the best. And I've got a podcast coming in the NFT world too, but yep. we'll talk about that next time. And uh, Carlos will also um, be speaking at the Author Life Summit, which is in Colorado Springs in September. And uh, the tickets go on sale next week. So um, on April 1st, so you can check out the authorlife.com for that as well. I'm excited about that. It'll be, yeah. Uh, Thanks it, for the it, invite. We're, we're going to have a good time. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully I don't have to sit up there and talk for three hours and, and hopefully you're going to like pepper me with questions instead. <laughs> well, dude, it's, it, and here's, what's good about this. And I, this is actually a point I wanted to bring up earlier. We were talking about stuff. You were talking about intimate settings. Like one thing that I love that we've done with this conference is the first couple of years we did it, we had 130 people in the room which when you look at other conferences that are out there, that's even not a lot. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, that we were, had a lot of people being like, man, you guys, this is great. Like you guys can definitely grow this and grow this and scale it and make it bigger. But we've gone the other way and we're having 50 people. We're only selling 50 tickets. That's awesome. And we didn't increase I the price that. or anything, but that you goes should. back. You should increase the price. We should maybe, but like, <laughs> but here's the thing, like Jay and I, again, we're, we understand what enough is. Yep. And, 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 and we understand too, that we're creating a better experience by having a more intimate group than, um, than trying to make it bigger. And big. if you want to go to a big conference with a thousand people, those are out there. Totally. But that's not what we want to do. We want to go the, uh, the other way and make it a more intimate thing. Cause we oh, see the man. value. I love that. I love, yeah. Because like, I actually horribly at big conferences because yeah. I don't know who to talk to. I just yeah. don't, but you have 50 people who are hanging out. It's pretty easy to find somebody to talk to. It's, it's like my, it's like my buddy, Jeff Elkins said, who he spoke, he spoke at the at last year. I think he's speaking this year actually too. Um, you know, Jeff was like, dude, there's no other conference where I would have been as been able to have breakfast with JD Barker, right. You know, this easy, like, because there just wasn't a lot of people here to be able to do that, you know, to make that a big deal. So that is yeah, so, so cool, we're excited. Man. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. I love that. I love it. So, well, dude, um, I will see you soon. Me, you and uh, me, you and Robert need to get on the horn and, and get a, uh, get, get another lunch schedule. And I'll show up this time. Let's do it. Hey, now we're at Martin's barbecue. So that was, we're, uh, I'm best barbecue place in uh, Nashville um, at me. I don't <laughs> care. There's, there's no, Ed Lee's is close, but uh, Martin's is where it's at. So. Oh, it's so good. Now you yeah. made me hungry. Thanks a lot. Appreciate awesome. <laughs> well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Right, bye. See ya.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Creator Dad Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join the official Creator Dad Discord community where fellow Creator Dads like you and me connect to discuss our creative endeavors, parenting, relationships, music, movies, and TV, sports, money, all the things that dudes love to talk about. Get all the details at patreon.com slash creator dad.